BIV Today. We are the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. I'm Haley Wooden. We continue our coverage of Vancouver's mayoral race. We're speaking to all candidates about their platforms and why they're running. We're doing this in the lead up to our Glacier Media All Candidates debate on Monday, September 17th. The event is sold out. Some tickets will be released at the door, but it will also be live streamed at BIV.com and on our Facebook page. More information about the debate, it's available at BIV.com. We also want to bring your attention to the fact we've got the Cannabis Investors Forum. It's on September 26th. And this episode, we're speaking to Vancouver mayoral candidate Ken Sim, and you're listening to BIV Today. Ken Sim is running for mayor of Vancouver with the NPA, Nonpartisan Association. Ken was born and raised in the city. He is the co-founder of Nurse Next Door and Rosemary Rock Salt Bagels. He has been recognized as EY's Entrepreneur of the Year twice, and he joins us now to talk about his campaign. Ken, great to have you in. Thank you for having me. Tell us why you're running for mayor of Vancouver. Well, for me, this is uh, deeply personal. Um, my family, friends co-workers, neighbors, people that I mentor, they're leaving the city and we're, le- we're losing a whole generation of young people. And we have seniors that are leaving the city by choice, or unfortunately, sometimes they're being forced out of their homes. And uh, I have four boys. My eldest boy turned 17 in July and he actually doesn't see a future for himself or his friends in the city. And he's not even thinking about affordability. He's a 17-year-old kid. There are other reasons why, um, you know, he wants to move elsewhere. And that has to change. I know we can change it. So that's why I'm running. You brought up the word affordability. Um, maybe not necessarily what your son's thinking about right now, but I think a lot of Vancouverites are. What would be step number one for you to address this issue if you became mayor in a few weeks? Well, there, there are two things. We're going to address the business side, but, um, you know, an opportunity. But uh, I think that the main thing we're going to do immediately is we're going to be working on housing affordability. And so we are, we have three things that we're going to be focused on. One, we are going to allow two secondary suites in houses across the city. So that should bring almost immediately uh, uh, relief to the city, all over the city. There are, what, over 40,000 houses in Vancouver. So if a percentage of them take us up on our offer, guess what? We've created a lot of housing units almost immediately. Uh, The second thing we're going to do is we're going to be working on uh, speeding up the permitting process. Now, everyone says that, but uh, I'm I'm a bit of a workflow uh, geek. I'm actually known... Um, around the world in business books um, for what we do in workflow, where case studies and actually hospitals and health authorities across North America, they actually come up to Vancouver to see what we're doing to take our best practices back. So on the permitting side, uh, two things. One, anything that's pretty standard, we're going to basically approve almost immediately. And then two, we'll speed up the rest of the processes. So um, the other permits um, will take less time. And that, you know, when we speed up uh, permitting, that will actually decrease the costs it takes to build housing. And that will improve affordability. The third thing we're going to do is we are actually going to use city land, which is an amazing asset. And we are going to build purpose 
built rentals. Uh, working with uh, all levels of government or not-for-profits and the private sector, we're going to build um, housing, rental housing for people who want to live and work in the city. And would that be something that's managed by the city or through a, a partnership? How do you envision that working? It could be a little bit of both. And so that's what I meant. You know, we're going to be working with uh, the not-for-profits and, um, you know, the private sector um, to come up with those solutions. Mm-hmm. On the transportation file, what would be your priorities there? Well, everyone, you know, the people I speak to in Vancouver are really frustrated with congestion. They usually say, what are you going to do about the bike lanes? But really, the root cause of it is people are spending too much time in traffic. So we are actually going to have an independent, non-biased review of congestion in the city. And then we're going to, you know, move traffic accordingly. And so people, uh, the, the common complaint in the city is, well, we have too many bike lanes. What they're really saying is um, we can't get around the city. And there are things other than bike lanes that affect congestion. Left-hand turns, people running yellow lights and staying in the intersection, um, pedestrian-controlled lights on pretty much every, every uh, side street um, on main corridors. Uh, the fact that we closed down our roads for construction, but then you don't see a crew on that road for three to six months. Um, people not uh, adhering to the stop walking sign, so we can't make right-hand turns. The list goes on and on. We're going to address it and, uh, you know, we're going to fix it. Like one of the things that is, is very important to especially our listeners and our viewers is the, the fact that small businesses seem to be struggling a lot in Vancouver. You think about the cost of a lease, you think about the cost of labor, and it's difficult for you know these retail workers to afford to live in a city like this. How do you begin to incentivize small businesses and ensure that they stick around in the city? How do you retain them right now? Well, being a small business owner in Vancouver, well, we have two businesses, one that started off as a small business back in 2001 and became a pretty large business. We have a couple hundred locations across North America now. Um, I do have a small business as well, which is a bagel store. And it's a struggle. And there, there are a lot of things that we face that the city can help out with. One is permitting, once again. Um, if we speed up the permitting process, we can actually let businesses get up and running and do what they need to do to survive and thrive. But if they're waiting for six months to three years to get a permit to open up their shop, they will never get open. The second thing we have to address are property taxes and the way we assess commercial property taxes. Um, with with BC assessment, what they do is they basically assess property taxes based on the best possible use. And they only look at the economics of it. And so if a condo tower goes up half a block away from your little restaurant or your little store, all of a sudden that little place is assessed as, um, for property tax purposes, as that 20-story condo tower. Um, that's going to put a lot of our businesses out of business. And where are we seeing it? We're seeing it on Davy Street, Denman, uh, Broadway, basically every single neighborhood. And so when we get a handle on that, and we will be um, targeting that as one of our uh, key platforms, we stop the bleeding, and then we will start to work on making sure that these businesses are assessed the right way, and so they can start to thrive. 
But on a larger scale, I wonder what a municipality can do to attract and retain larger corporations here in Vancouver. What is, I guess, the, the value proposition that you want to offer, I guess, the corporate world here and setting up shop or sticking around in the city of Vancouver? Well, we have to tell Vancouver, or the world, that Vancouver is open for business. And we, um, you know, we support our businesses. We will go out of our way to make it easy to do business. So once again, it, it goes to permitting. And I know we're talking about a little restaurant, but it, the same thing applies when someone's looking for, let's say, you know, 500,000 square feet to house a head office. Um, but we don't have office space and all the new office space is sort of tied up in permitting and it's not, it's going to take three to five years. That's a problem. Um, business, businesses, they like certainty as well. And so anything we can do as a city, whatever the business touches that the city um, is in charge of, we should make sure that we provide certainty to those businesses. Now I'm going to use a real estate example, um, but it, it applies, um, in every other business. The way we treat CACs or community uh, amenity contributions, how they're negotiated or how they, how they happen is a developer will buy a piece of land. And then sometime after that, they go into this nebulous negotiation with the city. And the city goes, yeah, we think it's going to be worth this. Oh no, we're going to increase it by double or whatever that number is. And it's so unclear. That's a tough business model. What it should look like is before the developer buys a piece of property, they should know exactly how much the CAC is going to be. And so they can price it into their pro forma financial statements and they can go off and run their business. That's not happening. And so wherever the city can provide certainty to businesses, that's what we're going to do. Is it possible to come up with a, a very standard CAC formula, if you like, so that everyone knows going into a development, they know roughly what that's going to look like? Yeah, there is. I haven't done it personally, but there are lots of examples uh, out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Vancouver now has a, a housing strategy. Of course, we have official community plans, depending on where you are in the city. How much of that would you change? What would you keep? What would you be looking to add, broadly speaking? Yeah. Well, I think that this, what we're going to do is we're actually going to come up with a citywide community plan. That'll take a while. They'll take like a year and a half to two years. Um, but what we're going to do is we're actually going to consult with all of our neighborhoods and we're going to ask our neighborhoods how they want to see their neighborhoods develop. And then we're going to uh, build accordingly. And, uh, you know, people usually say, well, that's never going to work because you're going to have people that complain and no one wants density. Well, that hasn't been my experience. If you go to Commercial Drive, for example, um, where we have a business, right at Commercial and Kitchener, we would not support a tower. And... Everyone would agree with that. Well, at least the residents, um, the business owners, and uh, even some of the property owners would um, would not agree to have uh, uh, an office tower there. But you go about six or seven blocks to the south where the SkyTrain station is, all those same individuals would actually support a large condo tower because it actually fits in the neighborhood. It's on transit. We're not creating a livability issue. And so I believe this can work. The second thing we're going to do is uh, we're going to look at how we um, spend our CACs. And so we can actually incent neighborhoods to embrace more density by saying, look, 
if we densify in this area, this is how much the community uh, contribution will be. And it will go in your neighborhood. And now instead of having neighbors complaining about density, the conversation will start to shift to, wow, you know what? If we accept this amount of density, be it, you know, condo towers or row housing or what have you, we will get money put into our community that we can like put into our community center or we can fix a road or whatever that may be. It changes the conversation. It feels if uh, if we're in Vancouver, we keep bringing it back down to, to land in some way. And we are facing an industrial uh, land crunch at the moment. What's your general philosophy about how we tackle this dilemma that the city's facing right now? Yeah. Well, we, we have to protect our businesses and we have to protect our base of industrial land. And if we don't do that, what we're going to have is we're going to have a gutting of our city. I think people sometimes forget that there's two parts to the affordability question. One is the price of houses. The other is actually incomes. And so if you look at San Francisco, San Francisco, for the most part, their property values are roughly in line with Vancouver's. Like, I know that's a general statement. You can go all over San Francisco, like uh, East Bay, what have you, and you'll have variation and same in Vancouver. But for the most part, they're roughly aligned. But when you account for incomes, Vancouver's affordability or what we pay for real estate is about 33% more than San Francisco because our incomes haven't kept up. And so if we promote our businesses and we support our businesses, Incomes should go up. And that's the other side of the affordability question or equation. And so to answer your question, um, yeah, we have to support our industrial base. We have to support, you know, areas for our businesses to survive and thrive. In dealing with these challenges, they're in many ways regional challenges, especially on the industrial land, housing, transportation fronts. How would you, if elected, work with your counterparts in other cities when it comes to tackling regional issues? We'll work together. (laughs) I know uh, easier said than done, but we all have a lot of common interests. And so we have to work together. And having spoken to a lot of business owners, uh, not just business owners, but residents of Vancouver, um, you know, there are a lot of challenges that our businesses face on a regional basis. For example, there's one individual who I spoke to. He runs a little PBX company. You know, they install phone systems. And for every city that he has a client in, he actually has to pull a permit. And so he's based in Vancouver. He's actually probably going to move to Surrey. But if he has to do a job in Delta, guess what? He has to go to Delta. He has to pull the permit. He has to go through all that. And it may just be a small job. So he sometimes says, no, why don't we have a regional permitting system? That's just one of the small things we can do to support our businesses. And if we do enough of these small things, guess what? They add up to big things and all of a sudden our businesses can thrive. It's turning out to be a a very, I guess, interesting uh, campaign that's going on. A lot of different uh, people running for different positions here. What happens if you find yourself presiding over a very fractured city council? How do you get on board with everybody? How do you ensure that there are common interests and we're actually able to accomplish something in the next term? Yeah. Well, 
Right now, um, because the election hasn't happened yet, we are pushing to have a majority on council. So hopefully we can sidestep that issue. Um, but that being said, I don't surround myself with yes people. And so we actually have a lot of diverging uh, thoughts and beliefs um, within our own group. And I like it that way. Um, it makes us stronger. But let's say we do have uh, you know, a fractured um, council. I reach out to people. I've already reached out to most of the council or people running for council. And I can tell you, people are pretty nice. And I think we're going to get along. My plan is, and we're going to do this um, regardless of who's on council. The first thing I'm going to do is we're going to take everyone off site and everyone's going to write down their goals. And the question is going to be in four years. So it's 2022 looking back, what were you most proud of? And they're going to talk about, you know, the things that they're most proud of. And it, it's going to be around, you know, housing or affordability, whatever. I can tell you, we're going to agree on those goals because I've yet to meet a person in Vancouver who said, I want to thrash the environment. I want houses to be more expensive. I want our businesses to fail, um, you know, and I want traffic to be worse. So we're going to be aligned. We're going to be aligned in the outcomes. It's how do we get there now? And there's going to be a little give and take. And, you know, you know, I'm not naive about this. People are going to have different ways of getting there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I run a franchise system and I've already, you know, been in situations where we have 140 franchise partners um, who have differing agendas because we're across North America and people are at different stages of their life. Some are startups, some have mature businesses and it's all different. Um, and there's a bit of give and take and it works. And this is no different. When it comes to supporting businesses, if elected, would you have any asks of the provincial and federal governments, ways that they could maybe help you achieve those goals? Sorry, can you repeat the question? On the topic of supporting businesses in Vancouver, would you have any asks of the provincial and federal governments? Yeah, we'll, we'll ask for as much support as we can. Uh, on the housing file, uh, we're going to be looking to uh, the province and the federal government um, to help us build the uh, purpose-based, uh, um, the, the, the purpose rental um, taxes. You know, um, I think uh, once again on the affordable rentals, if we're looking at the private sector, um, prior to 1972, 50% of the rentals were actually, um, or 50% of the houses built were rentals. And then the federal government changed a bunch of tax laws as it relates to uh, depreciation, replacement property rules, active business income, and then the implementation of the GST to the point by 2010, only or less than 10% of the housing built in Vancouver is rental. And so we'll actually ask the federal government, can we start looking at changing the tax rules to incent the private sector to build more rentals? Because the more rentals we build help us retain people in the city, which will actually help our businesses, which actually helps everyone in the city. And I'm sure we're going to figure out a bunch of other asks as well. So, And of course, the municipal elections are happening just days after Canada legalizes recreational marijuana. Uh, what happens to illegal dispensaries in the city has been up for debate and some contention around that. What would your strategy be? Well, we're going to follow the lead of uh, the federal and provincial governments. They're going to come up with the rules. Um, 
once it's legalized, we will enforce, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll let the cannabis operations operate in the city uh, and we will enforce the laws and we'll make sure that there is no, or we'll enforce, um, um, we'll make sure that we address illegal activity and we'll promote public safety and education. Great. Ken, thanks so much for coming into studio with us. Great. Thank you for having me. That's Ken Sim, Vancouver mayoral candidate with the NPA. That's Ken Sim, Vancouver mayoral candidate running with the NPA. And that's it for our show today. Thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and go to BIV.com where more of our stories can be found. 